Praise the Lord, everyone. God is good, and it is a blessing and privilege to be able uh, to come into your hearts and minds again in the spirit of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're grateful that God has sustained us and that he's keeping us through this um, this worldwide pandemic, this um, set of tragic circumstances. We're praying for the families and those uh, that have lost loved ones. It has been a blessing uh, to be able to continue to pray and work together as a church. Although we have been met with some uh, tragedy, even within our own organization. We come into you uh, today and we'd, we'd like to begin by opening up with a word of prayer. And we're asking everyone to please bow your heads and pray with us as we ask the Lord's guidance, as we invite uh, his spirit in to uh, guide our minds and our thinking tonight. And we're asking him to comfort those that are broken without direction and mostly to fill those that are lost with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit and to provide a clear pathway to salvation. Bow your heads and pray with us. Gracious God, we're grateful that you have seen fit to allow us to see another day. We pray that prayer in sincerity, in its truest form, knowing that there are many that could never have anticipated what the world is facing now. But we know that all things work together for good to them that are in love with you, Lord Jesus, and who have responded to the call to your purpose. And as long as we are here as the church, we will continue to do the work of the church. We pray, God, that your hand would be merciful and would guide, Father, those that are responsible, even at the highest levels of leadership, first in the church, Lord, that we would continue to pray and to represent the kingdom of God to the fullest and to the greatest extent. We thank you for what you've done on Calvary. And we do not fear death, nor do we fear illness, nor do we fear disease and pandemic. We know that you heal all of our soul's diseases. You are able to take our worst circumstances and show us that with joy, we are still able to draw from the wells of salvation. I pray that you would bless the world leaders. I pray for the spirit of unity to be a part of this process and for us to make progress as a nation, as a world. Father, being global citizens, all of us citizens of this planet, I ask God that brotherhood and unity would move forward and that those that are working on a solution to this great problem would be guided by your hand and your wisdom. Show us what we're unable to see medically. Show us what we're unable to see biologically. Show us, God, the correct path, Father, to finding a solution and a vaccination to this great problem. Bless us as only you can. We love you. And our first desire is to be able to worship you together in the congregation of the righteous. We're praying, God, that you would bring us together, that you would keep us safe in our homes, that you would bring us together in worship, that you would bring us together again, that we might worship you in the beauty of holiness and in spirit and truth. In your mighty and matchless name we pray, amen and amen. God is good. Greeting you from the Mission Church of Christ. Uh, uh, in Region 1, under the great leadership of our uh, regional apostle, Apostle H.A. Motri, we're praying for all of the churches in the region. We're praying for all the churches in the Massachusetts Western Diocese, all the churches in every diocese and all the regions everywhere. 
but we greet you as we come before you tonight to continue our Bible study. During this time, we are uh, focused on being uh, effective church witnesses, Christian witnesses. We want to be good witnesses. This is no time, as we talked about last week, to allow our spirit, our minds, and our hearts to fall into the manipulation of the enemy. We know that the enemy seeks to steal our joy, to kill our inspiration, and to destroy the work that God has commissioned us to do. That is what the Apostle John was very clear in stating in John chapter 10. He said that the enemy comes and what he's trying to do is destroy the work and the church and all of the, the progress that we've made over the years. The church has been persecuted throughout each and every generation. And in all of that persecution, she has continued to grow and prosper. And we are not going to let that stop in the 21st century. We want to be good and effective Christian witnesses. So let me just take you back and do a quick review of what we talked about last week on last Tuesday night. We spoke about the power of the human will. You are like God because he gave you free will. When God created you, he made us in his image and after his likeness. And that likeness is most closely related to our free will. Never forget that humanity is not built to function on our instincts. We are intelligent beings. We have been designed by the utmost, the perfect intelligence, and we have the power and the ability to use that intelligence to create new pathways to solutions. We should never be taken aback because of our problems and because of the nature of the adversity that is set against us. The Apostle Paul said in Romans, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us. He tells us that we should never feel that we're separated from the love of God. And so the Lord made us and he has given us free will. And as long as our will is not manipulated, we are able to come together. We are able to worship together. We can look at the past. We can gauge where we are in the present and we can make sure that we're focused on the future. You have to recognize that faith must have an objective. You cannot be pushed around by your problems. You have to be motivated by the promises that God has made in the scriptures. There are many promises around healing, many promises around protection, many promises around prosperity, many promises around promotion. These are not for our personal comforts, but they are for the survival of the church. The church is in the world to win souls to Christ. So as long as we're focused on those objectives, God will bless us. We talked about last week how Satan, the adversary, the, and he was God's adversary. He, was, he tried to ascend. He wanted to be like God. He had set within his own will, which again proves to us that the more we are like God, the more we have the power of free will. He made up his mind to challenge God. He wanted his own worship. He wanted his own glory. And God, for that reason, rejected him. And he was cast out of his place of worship. And what he has done is he's manipulated the human race and caused our first ancestors to fall in sin. He manipulated Adam. And we talked about it last week. Adam failed to keep God's commandments. And when he failed to keep God's commandments, 
At that point, Adam lost his ability to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. He could still live, but he could no longer live in the garden where he could worship God, meaning the work that he was doing brought glory to God. Today, we have to carry the burden of working and living as a natural being. And we also have been given the privilege through what Jesus Christ has done on Calvary, through the crucifixion, through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We've been given the privilege of reestablishing our work relationship with God. We're able to work in the kingdom. We're able to continue to serve God here in this life. However, it is a dual responsibility. When Adam was cast out of the garden, the Lord told him, you will now work for everything that you get and your work will no longer be a response to my purpose in you. It'll be a response to your own survival. And again, we preached on Sunday, faith is not a matter of survival. It's an objective. You are not being faithful if you're trying to survive. You're being faithful when you recognize God has promised to take you to a place and no matter what comes in your way, you will not let go of that promise. Faith is the substance. It is the creation of your intelligence. It is the recognition of the strength or resources that God has given you. Faith is the substance of the things you hope for. It is the evidence in your behavior that you believe in what has not yet been seen. And so we see that Satan manipulated Adam, caused Adam to fall and lose his place. Never let your will be manipulated. Don't be in these times of great trouble, of great tribulation. This is a trial of our faith and believe that the purpose of the church has changed. It has not. Although we're not able to gather in our norms, although we're not able to offer up the sacrifices and the praise in the manner in which we do, we're still responsible for giving God the glory. So we will use all of the resources available to us and not allow our will to be manipulated. We will allow our will to be inspired and our intelligence will help us create ways to share this gospel and God will bless our efforts. Never let your will be manipulated. Know where you're going and know the reason why you're going there. And the reason why you will get there is because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do not let your will be broken. We talked about the power of the broken will. A broken will means that you have now been defeated. You, you now feel that there is no reason to move forward. There's no hope. There's, there's, there's no inspiration in your existence or in your purpose. You're just waiting for the Lord to come back and get you. The Bible says you cannot be without hope. You have to make sure that your will is not broken. The Bible teaches us that we have to be inspired by God's promises so that we can cleanse ourselves from the iniquities of the flesh. The Bible teaches that if we lose our hope, we're most miserable as Christians. What is the point of being here if we don't have the privilege of working for the Lord? Never give up your hope. Put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in your Lord and Savior. Never let your spirit be cast down and your mind be quieted within you. If your soul has a hope and a response, a reflection and an idea that God is still working, then you cannot lose hope. This is why Hebrews chapter seven for the law made nothing perfect. It doesn't matter if you made mistakes and it doesn't matter if you got an A on the test. 
there's another test coming and you will make another mistake. But if your hope is in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you will acknowledge that he died for the mistakes that you made before you made them. And he was buried for the mistakes that you made before you made them. And he was resurrected. So he had the power to forgive you for those mistakes so that you can try again. That is what repentance is. Repentance, if you think about it in the correct terms, what God is meaning, the meaning that God has given it in scripture, repentance means a repeated attempt. It means, Lord, I'm sorry for the way that I did it last time, but don't take away the opportunity for me to do it again. Give me another opportunity. My hope is not broken. My will is engaged. My heart is made up. I'm ready to follow you. Finally, last week we talked about our will being subdued, subjugated. We know that it is very important that our will is the most powerful part of our intelligence. As Christians, when our will is established, we know that we're operating with our mind, with our body, with our spirit. We've disciplined ourselves to be good worshipers. We've disciplined ourselves to pray every day. Some of us have even disciplined ourselves to watch what we eat. Most of us should be very mindful of the things that we hear and see. It's very complicated in this world, but there are many Christians that practice the art of consecration. Even as a pastor, I'm fully aware that I must be able to discern what is happening in our world today, what is happening with the people that I pastor. I thank God for the privilege of being an under shepherd. And no matter what I feel or what circumstances may present themselves, I understand that the Lord's will is way more important than my will. It's way more efficacious. My views, my opinions, my knowledge only goes so far. But the prophet Isaiah was very clear. God said, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. We have to seek him constantly. And when we subjugate our own will and when we don't allow our will to be subjugated because of the things that are happening in our society, some of us, our will is manipulated because we listen to the music that tells us how we ought to love and how we ought to live. I want my heart and my mind to be saturated with God's purposes. I want my thoughts every thought to be right in God's sight. And I know that's a difficult task, but if I subjugate my will to the will of the Lord, he will teach me the principles of consecration. With that being said, we're moving into today's lesson. So let us understand very clearly that the will cannot be deactivated. We always want something. That's what makes us human. We don't wake up every day just to live through it. I know right now, our norms have been broken. Our patterns have switched up on us very quickly. We wake up in the morning. Many of us are not following the same routines, but think about it. The spirit of the Lord is still in charge of your life. God is still waiting for you to pray. He has an agenda for you. God is still waiting for you to give him some time in those scriptures. He has a thought process and a direction that he will pour into your heart and spirit. Just because your human norms have changed, your spiritual responsibilities and accountability has not. So the will cannot be deactivated. It has to be moving towards something. You always want something. Well, let's talk about that process. The first thing you need to understand is that your will, once it's set, will feed your heart. 
The heart is the resting place of the will. The heart is like the driver's seat. It's like the captain's chair in the ship. And so your heart has to be fed from your will. Your will makes up its mind. Your will makes up its purposes. It establishes its purposes to do what God said can be done. So we read in these scriptures about God's will. We read about his kingdom. We read about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all the miraculous works that he has done in this world. And we want to be a part of that. We read about how he kept people in the Old Testament. We read about how he pushed and built the church in the New Testament. And we want to be a part of that. And when you want to be a part of that, your will will feed your heart. Imagine that in scripture, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Your will will feed your heart with an incredible imagination. Your will will establish this idea that you can be the ultimate Christian. You can be like the Apostle Paul. You can be like Peter. You can be like the disciples. Jesus said it. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Jesus said it. Greater works than these shall ye do. Jesus was very clear that his expectation is that his disciples would continue to do works that are awesome in his sight. That are great in the sight of those that understand that we're the church. He, he said it. You'll, you'll have the power to work miracles. You'll have the power to pray over the sick. He said we would have this power. You have to imagine that you can do it. You cannot allow sin to tell you what you can't do. You cannot allow the past to try to dictate to you where your future is. Your will has to be established in this word, in the word of God. Now your will is feeding your heart and your heart begins to release into your mind. Your heart is now established. It has seen things that are not yet happened. It has put you in a position. It is advertised to you that you can be like the Lord Jesus Christ, that you can be the first fruits among many brethren. You have to believe that with your will. You have to know that you're more than your mother or father ever expected you to be when you were born again in the name of Jesus Christ in water and in spirit. And so the Bible teaches that the heart after it has been impacted by the will will now feed your mind. So go back. The will feeds the heart. Then the heart feeds the mind. John chapter 14 tells us, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me, the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you believe in the Lord, believe that there's work that you can do right here in this world that you that is far above what you could have ever imagined for yourself. God will use you to pray miraculous prayers. God will use you to be strong at a time when others are weak. God will use you to stand up when others are falling down. And he's not doing it so that you can feel good and self-satisfy your own ideas about being great. He's doing it because you've humbled yourself at the right time for the right reason and he can be glorified. So let your will feed your heart with imagination and let your heart feed your mind. Now, once your mind is activated and in the process, your mind begins 
to push your imagination, to push your intelligence. Once your mind is in it, the ideas never stop flowing. The passion, the service, you just, you all, you always have a testimony to give. You always have a work that wants to be done because what has happened is your mind is feeding your imagination. This is why the Apostle Paul said, if you present yourself as living sacrifices, your mind will be renewed. You will understand. Listen, I'm up and I'm down, but God is always working in my life. No matter what, sometimes I'm in the valley, sometimes I'm at the top of the mountain, but the Lord is my shepherd. I have no reason to pretend that I'm not going to get what I want or what I need. He's going to lead me through the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valleys with the shadows of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. Where is he with me? He has invaded my mind because I set my will to serve him. When I set my will to serve him, he invaded my heart. When I let my heart explode with the words and the promises, he is now impacted my mind and now I'm operating with a sanctified imagination. You know the power of imagination. Go back and read. I believe it's Genesis somewhere around the 14th chapter. You could start at 11 work all the way through 14. Remember they got together and the Lord said if these people get together and keep using their imagination there's going to be nothing that they can't do. And God had to spread the world out and change their languages at the Tower of Babel. I know that story. You should read it when you get time. But let me read to you this scripture in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 the Bible says like this be not conformed to this world don't let your mind get bogged down with trying to solve the problems in this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind see the changes that take place when your mind and your intelligence is stayed on the purposes of the Lord Jesus Christ and then he says that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and then Paul uses a word that many people are afraid to use because we don't like to talk about perfection but Paul tells us listen when your mind is involved in the process because your will has engaged the heart man you will begin to produce perfect solutions to problems in your life and in the lives of others that have been there for a long time I'm so glad that we serve a God that says I'll do a new thing you thought that thing was going to be there forever. You thought that circumstance was going to last forever, but I'll do a new thing. If my people pray, I'll do a new thing. I'll keep showing them that there's no God beside me. I am the God of their imagination. So the will feeds the heart. The heart feeds the mind. The mind fuels the imagination, keeps you working on new things. And when the imagination is engaged, the imagination feeds the soul and your soul loves the Lord. Your soul, it will not process anything that is negative. Your soul doesn't have the capacity to do that. Your soul only remembers the fruit of righteousness. Your soul will only consume the, the love of the Lord. Your soul can only make sense of when God is good. If you go through things and you still haven't found any resolution to it, God's not involved. I know sometimes we have circumstances in our life that often challenge how we see our future. There's been abuse. There's been failure. There's been breakdown. 
and we try to imagine that somehow those circumstances have taught us something about ourselves. And I'm not saying that they haven't, but let me tell you something. There's a very different experience when your soul has been sanctified by the Lord. When the Lord fills your soul with the gift of the Holy Spirit, you feel very differently about your life in the past. Paul said it like this. I actually have the ability to forget those things which are behind me and focus on those things which are before. I pressed for, to the mark. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I want to walk worthy of my vocation. You can't tell me what the world has made me. I know what my relationship with Jesus Christ has made me because my soul is now fueling my purpose to be alive. I'm living so that my soul can be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. My soul can be filled with experiences where God has taken me through, where God has brought me over, where the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ has resurrected everything from my hopes, everything from my ambitions, not for my sake, but because I belong to him and his spirit is operating in me. They're all for his glory. All things work together for good. That is a scripture in Romans chapter eight. But let me read to you what the psalmist said in Psalm 103. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. All of my experiences, all of my past. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Why? Because God forgave all my iniquities. God healed all my diseases. God brought me through this. God took me through that. God was able to help me overcome the abuse, overcome the discrimination, overcome the politics, overcome the statistics. When you walk into a church, you're sitting among miracles. When you walk into a sanctuary, you're sitting among the testimonies of the righteous. Revelation said, how did they overcome? By the blood of the lamb, what Jesus Christ did on the cross and by the word of their testimony. Your life has to build a testimony that comes from your soul. Your soul has to be able to look back and wonder why, because you started this thing with your will engaged. Lord, whatever it takes, I plan on serving you. And he finishes this by saying he redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and his tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my now here's a word that he uses. And I love this phrase. My youth is renewed like an eagle's. He takes me all the way back and lets me grow up again. He takes me all the way back. Didn't Jesus say that? I heard Jesus say, except you become as little children and be converted. Sometimes the Lord has to take you back and bring you back to that place where like a child, you're able to be taught. Although we're in adult bodies and although we have a wide or a vast range of experiences, the Lord has to teach you. He has to show you by the application of your will that he can manipulate your heart, your mind, your imagination and feed your soul and change your entire person and character. That is what it means to be sanctified. It means God has done something special in your life that allows you to hold on to him even in times of great challenge. The human will 
is the engine that pulls you through spiritual tests and trials. You have to distinguish between your wants and your wills. You can want something and not will yourself to it. You can want something and not will yourself through it. The human will is developed in the paths of determination. That is why we sing a song in the church. I am determined to hold on until the end. Set your will, set your mind, set your heart on the affections from the things that come from above. Learn to love Jesus Christ regardless of how terrible circumstances may look on the outside. God is good. Jesus Christ has made a way for you to recover. He has paid the price on Calvary so that he could redeem your life. He has given you the privilege of learning how to be like him. Don't ever allow these circumstances to manipulate your will, break your will, or subdue your will. Don't ever allow negativity. Don't ever allow the idea that you're not worth it and this is not worth it to sink into your spirit. Keep your mind on Jesus. Keep your mind stayed on Jesus. Thy word have I hid in my heart, Psalm 119, that I might not sin against me. Psalm chapter one, we've got to keep our mind focused and meditating on the will of the Lord. He will keep us like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water and we will have fruit when it is our time and when it is our season. God bless you. We love you. We're continuing to pray that the Lord would motivate you and keep you inspired during this great time of pandemic. Stay focused on the work that you have to do in your church. Pray for your church. Pray for a miracle. Stay connected to your church. Although you don't have the norms and although you don't have the same routines, stay connected. Join your church in prayer, whether it's virtual, whether it's online. Join your church in worship. Make sure Mission Church, you're staying connected and not drifting away. We're praying that everybody would stay connected to their church through their giving and making sacrifices. We know that it's a sacrifice. The tech team, the people that are singing, those that are here, we're praying that when this is all over, the Lord rewards you and blesses you with an abundance that you could have never imagined. We thank you. We also pray that you continue to be focused on your giving and your gifts to keep the church up and running through this time. We know that our prayers make a difference. We're praying that the Lord will reward you and cover you, keep you employed, keep you safe. We're praying that they would find a vaccine real soon so that we could come back with a deeper appreciation. Our heart is fixed because our mind is made up and our will is engaged. We're going with Jesus all the way. God bless you and we love you from the Mission Church of Christ. We're praying for all of those in the Church of our Lord Jesus Christ and we're praying for you all over the world. God bless you, amen and amen.